Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Wednesday, December 6th. Our top story today, a Kent MP is introducing a bill in Parliament to try and overturn the controversial ULES expansion. Since August, drivers of the most polluting cars have had to pay a fee to travel into all parts of the capital, including Bromley and Bexley. Dartford's Gareth Johnson says it's an unfair tax and is also undemocratic. The Mayor of London does not have a mandate for this ULES expansion. He didn't put it in his manifesto when he stood to be mayor at the last election. Um, he didn't put it in his transport uh, strategy and he didn't even um, take note of the consultation that showed that the majority of people were against it. And therefore it's right that we implement a law here in the House of Parliament in order to overturn that expansion. If it goes through, this bill will work. Um, if it's talked out, then it won't. The only other way it can be stopped is if there's a general election in May and then all private members' bills um, will be stopped at that point. Now, I was fortunate to be picked out of the private members' bill ballot and that's allowed me to actually uh, introduce this bill. Um, and it's supported by the Conservative MPs. Um, if there's opposition, though, to it from the opposition, then... Uh, there does run a risk of it being talked out. But if it doesn't get talked out, then it will become law. I suspect probably in around the summer of next year. Um, it will have its first reading on Wednesday, second reading probably sometime in February, March. Um, and then it will go off to the House of Laws once it's finished the committee stage and report stage in the House of Commons. So, yes, it is a precarious process. Politics is precarious, I guess. Um, but if it goes through, has that time, then it will become law and it will overturn the ULES expansion. I haven't had a chance to speak to the London Mayor about my concerns. He's very aware of it. We've had numerous debates on this issue. You know, this is an issue that impacts on people in Dartford. It impacts on people right across Kent and, in fact, right across the home counties. And the annoying aspects of that is that it, we have no say on who the London Mayor is. It really is taxation without accountability. Sadiq Khan is able to charge people from Dartford and beyond £12.50 a day just to drive into the capital when those people have absolutely no say over the London mayor. That cannot be right and therefore it is appropriate that the Houses of Parliament acts in order to make a law that will overturn this ULES expansion. Kim Foster's from Hawley Garden Centre in Dartford. She says it's affecting trade. I assume it's down to the cost of living crisis, the ULES charges and various other factors, but they're not here. We're right on the border of the ULES zone here. We're on the Kent side of this. Um, did you, before the ULES expansion came into force, did you see people coming you know, from uh, the London boroughs coming to this garden centre? Definitely. Um, the numbers have dwindled. Um, we know more so from our portable building side because a lot of our deliveries are London-based, um, which obviously are getting fewer. And um, did you have you been noticing that you know since August when that, when that expansion came into force? Yes, definitely. And, and what does that mean for the business? Obviously, it means less money for us. We've got to try and encourage people in other ways to get here. Um, think of new ideas to entice them. Did you expect to be impacted by um, ULES? Because I know the media spoke a lot about people going from Kent into London, but this is the reverse. It's people from London coming out into to Kent. Did you actually foresee this? Did you expect that this could actually happen? 
We were concerned um, because obviously, although they're coming out of Ulez, they've then got to go back into it. So that is that side of it that they have to consider. And obviously, is it worth it? Um, we've got personal friends that are in the ULES, can't afford to purchase a new vehicle to be compliant. And obviously the costs of public transport, especially if it's a large family, determines whether or not they make that journey. If numbers are down here, if you don't sell all the Christmas products like you usually would, what's that going to mean going into January next year, which we know is one of the hardest times for businesses? Who knows? I'm hoping things will turn around. Um, obviously, everyone has their January sale. Hopefully that will entice people. Um, but yeah, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. A spokesperson for the Mayor of London says the scheme is necessary to tackle air pollution and 95% of vehicles meet the standard to not be charged. Another of our top stories today, figures given to KMFM show almost £90 million has been spent on agency nursing staff in Kent over the last three years. The data also reveals the number for the whole of the southeast rose from nearly £138 million in 2020 to £252 million last year. The Royal College of Nursing obtained the stats and say more should be done to fill vacancies. Ellen McNicholas is their regional director in the southeast. She's got concerns. We've become aware of an increasing number of staff vacancies uh, in the NHS and an increasing reliance on agency staff to plug those gaps. So we sent a freedom of information request to trusts within England and had responses back from the majority of them. And that's where this information has come from. Uh, and it demonstrates that over the last three years from 2020 to 2022, a staggering amount of in excess of £3 billion was spent on agency staff. The numbers are quite astronomical. Firstly, could I ask you just to explain the difference between an agency nursing staff and a nurse who would be employed within a trust and why the cost is so high? Yes, absolutely. So um, so trusts directly employ their own staff and we're obviously from the Royal College of Nursing, we're looking specifically at nursing staff. So that would include registered nurses of all disciplines, so adult, child, uh, mental health, uh, but also our nursing associates and um, nursing support workers. Um, those who are directly employed are employed on agenda for change terms and conditions um, and have the protections that that affords them. And those salaries are set nationally uh, at the levels that are publicised. Um, agency staff uh, are employed not directly by trusts or the NHS, they're employed by the agencies uh, and trusts who have gaps and are unable to fill them with their own staff contact those agencies. The agencies obviously take a premium because uh, they're finding and sourcing the staff uh, and uh, they will send those staff into cover. Those staff often are not regular employees within that hospital or clinical setting and may not know that area as well as the permanent staff. Is there a problem when it comes to patient safety, Ellen? Agency staff are brilliant staff and many of our members are, are agency staff too. And this is absolutely not a criticism of agency staff in any way, shape or form. For some people, the flexibility of being able to choose when and where they work fits around their home life and other circumstances that they have to deal with. Uh, they will go through thorough uh, vetting procedures, they have the same qualifications as, as staff who work 
but they may not be as familiar with the setting that they have gone to work in. And we know that in the NHS there are in excess of 40,000 vacancies. So staff are already under pressure and the staff who work on the wards may not be able to spare the time to give the agency staff member uh, the induction support that they need when they're coming to a strange place to work. So whilst it's not the member of staff themselves that could potentially uh, provide a, a safety issue, it's the mechanism of using staff who are not familiar with that setting. And do agency staff earn more or does the vast majority of money go to the agency itself? So, uh, of course, in, in some occasions, agency staff do earn more. Um, but of course, that in some way compensates for not having the same terms and conditions, uh, pension arrangements, etc. that NHS staff would. Agencies, of course, are going to take their fees for securing finding those staff. So, so some people do earn more on an hour by hour basis. But actually, that's not what this is about. For us, this is about the fact that uh, that huge amount of money um, is as we said, staggering. And if it were directed in the right way about retaining staff that currently work within the NHS, about training and recruiting more substantive staff to the NHS, we would be in a better position. We continually hear government and ministers telling us that they don't have additional funding available uh, to pay nurses a reasonable wage for what they do. They do not have funding available uh, to support students to train without having uh, the student debt that they would have at the end of it. But yet they're happy uh, for this position where there's in excess of £3 billion being spent on agency staff. A Department of Health and Social Care spokesperson had this to say. These statistics cover the COVID pandemic when the NHS was under huge additional pressure and staff sickness rates were exceptionally high. While temporary staffing allows the NHS to meet fluctuations in demand, we are controlling spending by capping hourly pay and prioritising NHS staff when shifts need filling. We have recruited more than 50,000 extra nurses compared to 2019, hitting our target early and the long-term workforce plan is ensuring the NHS has the staff it needs over the next 15 years so that patients continue to receive the best possible care. Kent Online News. A man who threw an axe at a pregnant woman in Maidstone has been sent to prison. Lawrence Neely subjected the victim to a number of assaults between August and September last year. The 48-year-old pleaded guilty and has been sentenced to two years and eight months. A man's been charged after a sexual assault in Dover. A teenage girl was approached by a man in St James Street on Sunday night. He then touched her inappropriately before members of the public intervened. A 28-year-old man from Ipswich has been remanded in custody. A Faversham man who mugged another man of his bike has been locked up. Charlie Willett pushed the victim as he rode along Lower Road in Osbridge last month. The 24-year-old from Abbots Road cried in the dock when he was sentenced to 80 weeks as he'll miss the birth of his first child. Two people have been arrested after reports of a fight in a park in Folkestone. Police were called to Memorial Gardens on Sandgate Road when it happened back in September. A 26-year-old man and 20-year-old woman are out on bail. Two other people have been interviewed under caution. 
It comes as Can Police has been criticised in a new report which says the number of crimes it solves is unacceptably low. The force has been told it requires improvement in how it investigates crime and responds to the public. It's rated good in five areas but falls short in four others. The Crime Commissioner says he'll continue to drive forward improvement. Kent Online News. The family of a young woman from Hearn Bay believes she may not have taken her own life if doctors had treated her depression more seriously. Bella Goldsmith's body was found in Woodland in September, a day after she'd been reported missing. An inquest heard the 22-year-old had a phone consultation with a GP who'd given her counselling contact details and told her to make another appointment in three weeks. She'd had anxiety and depression for a number of years. A fundraiser set up by her sister will provide donations to mental health charity Mind. The boss of a Kent Academy has defended plans to introduce transgender education at a primary school after backlash from some parents. Mepem Community Academy plans to teach pupils from reception to year six about issues including gender, identity and terms like non-binary. The Gold Thread Alliance Trust, which runs the school, say they're committed to developing the curriculum and most feedback has been supportive. A Royal Mail postman from Kent says he was once proud to wear the uniform, but now he's embarrassed by the company. The anonymous employee says he's fed up with the way the company treat their posties and the way they treat the public. Lawrence got more details. The unknown postal worker says when he started the job, it was something he could see himself doing for life. But now countless people have left the job and some have been reduced to tears because they can't cope. He talks about something called lapsing, which has become standard practice and means workers have to take on extra delivery routes regularly, putting them behind before they've even started. And as more people leave the job, they're replaced with part-time staff or not at all, adding to already spiralling delivery times. On top of that, employees are expected to help with sorting duties as well. He finishes his letter by saying Royal Mail is a sinking ship and that at this rate it will implode in the next five years. Thanks, Lauren. His letter follows a report from Kent Online that found people living in Maidstone, Morling and Medway were going weeks without getting mail. Some say they've missed hospital appointments, while one Jules fan didn't receive his season ticket for three months. Royal Mail have responded to the reports and said they're committed to improving their deliveries and ensuring support is in place for staff. Kent Online News. Plans to redevelop a Grade 2 listed building in Gravesend into 27 homes have been given the green light. Work is hoped to start on Custom House in the town centre in spring next year. The historic building in the terrace was built around 1815 and has had many different uses before it closed in 2018. It's been vacant ever since. Michael Kex is the property developer. We've recently received a planning approval for... A, a redevelopment of Custom House in Gravesend into 27 very unique residential units, a mixture of apartments and townhouses, all most of them with uh, private amenity space and a lot of open space, a lot of communal space. What will people expect sort of when it's kind of done? So we're hoping to bring a, um, a, a form of luxury development into Gravesend and people can expect uh, high quality finishes and very quirky spaces given that the old custom house is over 200 years old. So we're looking to retain most of the historical features. So it'll be a mixture of, um, of high-end finishes and modern finishes internally and, and the original features externally. And we're hoping that that's gonna bring a, a unique development into Gravesend. 
I think you said, you know, it's something that Gravesend's missing a little bit. Is that, is that why? Yeah, I mean, we've, when we originally researched the area, we've looked at what, um, what properties are being sold and marketed, and we found a gap for really high-end and unique um, properties, which we couldn't, we couldn't really find many in the area. There is probably a lot more within sort of five-mile radius, Dartford Way, most of us London, but like uh, within Gravesend itself, we just couldn't locate any any high quality developments. There's a lot of developments going on, but they seem to be very box standard um, properties that have been sold. So, so this we feel um, is going to um, address the um, a different type of a market. Somebody's looking for something unique and special. And obviously, it's bringing sort of a vacant building back into use, a very exactly. historical building, which is obviously yeah. good. Yeah. Good to see it have a new lease of life a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the building is empty for nearly five years now and uh, it was just running to um, this repair we had a few complaints from the neighbor so the building wasn't really bringing any value locally and we're looking to change that and um, essentially leave the site in a better shape than we found it that's the whole plan and of course by by doing that we'll add value um, to local neighborhood as well A man who had his savings and passport stolen while sleeping rough in Dartford has been able to return home to Romania. The 24-year-old had been staying outside the Nisa in St Vincent's Road when he was attacked last month. He's been saving the money to send to his family. A homeless charity and the council helped him make arrangements to go home while local people collected donations. There are calls for a planned new road layout in Dover to be scrapped amid fears it could have a negative impact on an historic church. People who go to St Paul's on Pencester Road aren't happy with the new fast-track bus route and argue it'll also make the area more dangerous. They've launched a petition and are being backed by the town's MP. Kent Online News. Free meals are going to be introduced for parents and carers of children on the ward at Medway Maritime Hospital. It's to give families on Dolphin Ward one less thing to worry about. The scheme was introduced after it was discovered many family members couldn't afford to buy a meal while their child was in care. That's not the only good news for the families of children in hospital today as the thousands of presents you donated to our Give a Gift appeal are being delivered to children across the county. They're going to those in hospitals, in care or in less fortunate situations this Christmas. The team at KMFM have been out this week making the first of many deliveries. Hi, my name's Heidi and I work for Canterbury District Early Years Project based in Canterbury. Toys and the gifts that we've just received from KMFM are going to make a huge difference to all of our families that attend our different groups. Um, we have a lot of families that are really finding it difficult this year. We're based on the in the most deprived area in Canterbury, the Northgate Ward. We're just up off on the Sturry Road estate. Um, huge, a lot of families come through the doors. So, yeah, they're going to make a huge difference. Hi, I just want to say an absolutely massive thank you on behalf of Community Kindness Sanit to everybody who has donated to the KMFM Give a Gift Appeal. Um, it's absolutely incredible what you've all done. Um, this year, anything that's been donated to us ha- is being um, sorted and allocated to children and young people from really vulnerable families who live in Thanet. Um, all of our referrals come directly from professional agencies, so we can make sure that we really reach those who need our support. Um, what you've done is absolutely phenomenal and will genuinely make a difference this Christmas, so thank you very, very much. I'm Dominic from the Red Hill Foundation. 
and we help disabled, disadvantaged and seriously ill children in Kent and these uh, toys will be going to um, a number of special needs schools throughout Kent um, including um, Joy Lane and Whitstable. Oh hi, um, thank you so much for all the gifts that you've given us. We, uh, here in Canterbury we do a lot of day surgery but we also do a, do a lot of children that come in for hormone tests and infusions. So generally we'll be giving every child presents to go home with when they've had a horrible procedure. Um, we'll also be sharing the gifts with the haemophilia unit. Um, and they'll be spaced out really well with everybody. Hello, thank you for all your donations of toys. This will go towards the families that come into the Rainbow Ward here at QQM and onto Special Care Baby Unit. All the siblings, these toys will be used throughout the year as well, whatever's left over for those that come into hospital and that may not have a lot, and this will get used for them all. You can see pictures and video, follow KMFM official on socials. And a Christmas display in Dover has been slammed as an insult by angry locals. Two giant reindeer sculptures have been put up at the Biggin Street War Memorial but have their rear ends showing to passers-by. These people aren't impressed. I don't like the positioning of the reindeer. I would have thought that the heads should have been facing the public, uh, not the rear end. It's a little bit of an insult, I think, really. God knows why they put them like that, but, you know, I would have thought, like I said, the front end should have been sticking out Stick, well, facing the public, basically. Yeah. Beautiful reindeers, yeah. but they're facing the wrong way. Right. I think it's a bit of an insult to the, the, the people of Dover. It's an ideal spot for them, right? but it's just the wrong, they've turned them the wrong way around. Whoever made that decision didn't think about that. You can see the pictures at Kent Online. You can also have your say in a poll. At the time of recording, though, 98% of people think the sculptures are just fine. Kent Online Sports. Football now and Kent's Alessia Russo came on as a sub as England thrashed Scotland 6-0 in the Women's Nations League. Despite the solid victory, the Lionesses won't progress to the semis. The Netherlands snuck through on goal difference. It also means they won't be part of Team GB for the Paris Olympics next year. Staying with football and Jake LeBurl has been named as as the new Dover manager. It's after the National League Southside sacked Mitch Brundle following a 4-3 defeat at the weekend. He'll take charge alongside Academy boss Mike Sandman. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.